Hey, Twisted Listeners, I'm Cindy. And I'm Diva. And this is Twisted Listeners, a podcast about murder. And lists. And thanks for tuning in. And sorry, we're running a little behind schedule again. Um, I'm I'm getting uh, caught back up. So hopefully we'll be back on track next week. But at least we're still doing two episodes every week. So yeah, we're closer to schedule more. We're getting there. Yes, just uh, lots of life changes slowing us yeah. down. But thanks for hanging in with us guys. So this week, uh, we are doing mysterious deaths. And I'm not gonna say yes. mysterious murders. We're just gonna say mysterious deaths because that's part of the mystery. Yes. It is what happened high, high spooky mystery level, like deaths that just don't make any sense at all. Yes. I'm going to get a lot that of high pitched, fast talking thing in a lot of mine. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Why did it happen? What's going on? Yeah, you know, exactly. So, so get yeah. ready for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I technically chose, even though you chose for me. I was coming up with the worst ideas and Diva's like, how about this one? And I was like, yes, perfect. Thank you. You saved me. I was me. like, hey, how about I plant this idea? That's my favorite idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And it was great, but I want to make sure you get the proper credit because this was your topic and it's a fucking rad topic. So, but technically it was my turn, which means you have to go first. Okay. And I'm very excited to, um, so let's see, I haven't even decided what I'm going to do first. I'm literally scrolling through my Google doc. Mm -hmm. Um, let's start off with a long bang here. Oh my God. I realized I didn't edit this down, but let's just do it. Um, it's like a thousand pages long on Kendrick Johnson. Oh shit. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this horrific incident death happened in 2013 in Valdosta, Georgia. Okay. So Kendrick or KJ is 17. He's a normal teen honor roll student is a well-liked guy is an athlete. I think he plays basketball, plays football, a couple things. Um, he goes missing on January 11th, 2013 from Loundis high school around 1 PM. Mm-hmm. Um, surveillance video shows him walking through the gym and this is the last time he's officially seen at all um, he misses his fourth period class which is like I'm old but I think that's like your early an early afternoon post lunch I think right after lunch yeah I think oh, you after get lunch in the morning yeah t- typically yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, three in the morning you get three periods in the morning oh yeah and then right. lunch and then the rest okay yeah I literally don't remember high school. It was too long ago. Um, Black. Okay. Or blocked it. I I, I blacked it out. Um, So yeah, Kendrick misses his class and his family reports them missing later that night um, when he doesn't come home. And the next day he is found dead in his gymnasium, the high school gymnasium in the, and the way his body is found continues to raise a lot of red flags then and now. Mm -hmm. Um, He is found upside down, stuffed into a rolled up gym mat Stand that's standing up by a wall, uh, and one Adidas shoe is underneath him on the floor. And it, I want to note, it is on top of a pool of blood. The yeah, blood is underneath the shoe. Mm-hmm. There is no blood in or on that Adidas shoe, however, just mm-hmm. a clean shoe on the on the blood pile, blood you know, pool. Um, and then another pair of Nike sneakers is found kind of to the side of his legs, almost as if they were thrown in after him. One might think. Uh, and mm-hmm. Kendrick is in socks 
Um, so presumably those were his shoes. Right. So as we, a lot of you may know, the official autopsy finds that he died of quote unquote, big air quotes here, positional asphyxiation, Mm -hmm. which is a real thing, but whether or not it happened in this case is hotly debated. Yes. So the the theory officially put forward here is that he was diving into the gym mat, like head first to try and get the Adidas shoe, like try to reach for it and got stuck and suffocated from being in such an awkward position. This theory is seemingly supported by people saying, oh, like that because kids didn't want to pay for lockers, which side note, I had a whole conversation about this with my husband. Don't make kids pay for lockers. What the fuck is this country? Why the, yeah. Why are kids (laughs) having to pay for lockers at a public school? Yeah, that is so, fucking bullshit. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Um, so anyway, because they didn't want to pay for lockers, they would toss their shoes into gym mats. However, uh, it's very important, I think, a friend of Kendrick's who also did this practice noted that they would just tilt the mat up and retrieve the shoes. They would not dive into Yeah, mat. why the fuck would you ever do that? That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's stupid, yes. And I have seen reenactments on YouTube that, uh, and various crime shows that show that getting into a mat in this way it is impossible, and I've also seen reenactments showing that it is, um, but it's really hard to rely on any of that unless it's like an official forensic one. What I'd like to see is how difficult it is to knock the mat over once you're inside, because yeah. he's not a small, weak child. No, like, this is no. like a pretty, you know, so I feel like... Athletic guy. He's an athletic guy. He's going to be he able to wiggle flinged around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He could at least yeah. knock it over. Yeah. So right away in the investigation, a whole lot of things scream cover up. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, let me just list some. Oh, please. So the body is sitting around for about three hours before the coroner is called to come see it. So plenty of time to do whatever the hell. Okay. Which also why? Why? Why so long? But okay. It had been moved. He had been taken out of the mat, as I understand it. So there's a lot happening that the coroner isn't allowed to like really assess. That seems not cool at all. The people like, at the scene are looks like, yeah, this is what happened. Snap some photos, I guess. <laughs> the family isn't allowed to see the body for three days. There's blood splatter. This one, this bit drives me insane. There's blood splatter literally on the wall at the scene that the police do not test it nor care about. And they assume without any testing or evidence. And they tell people that was already there. Also, why is there horror movie looking blood spatter in your high school gym? And why is it only getting cleaned up after a yeah. person is found dead? Like, give me a break. Give me a whatever. They okay. also sorry, claim later on that they, oh, we, yeah, we tested it. We found out it's not Kendrick, but it's not clear that they did that. There was no further testing to see who it might be. if it's not it, him Because they didn't do it. Because um, they're lying. There's also bloody tissue found in the girl's bathroom that day. Also not tested. And the reason they don't test to find out who the gym blood or the tissue blood belongs to, literally, this is their reason. They say, oh, well, there's like 3,000 students at the school. That's a lot. Like, we'd have to test them all. Um, There's a dead child? What the fuck? That's what they say. There's Uh, also a bloody shoe and a hoodie found in the gym, also not tested. Of course not. So, yeah. So the family, so they're going with this narrative right away. There's no attempt to investigate anything very much on purpose. Which, sorry, can I ask a question? Yeah. Are they saying that, like, after he died, he just randomly bled onto the floor? Like, I guess, like, under the shoe, like maybe through his nose or something, like just from being upside down? Because I, I I'm not guess. aware if that's a thing. Like, I feel I don't like that's, know. there's yeah. not, they don't make a full account of 
anything all the details yeah like so the family kendrick's family right away is like nope you know no Good. no uh and everyone who knows him yeah again there's no investigation they don't interview other students like right away they don't do anything you would normally do it's mm-hmm. you know like an investigation that's you know suspect right the family gets a surveillance footage from the high school several days later again lots of time and they and many others uh strongly suspect that it was edited and a later analyst crime analyst on cnn go watch this clip it's easy to find is like horrified he's like an expert on this shit and he's like Mm -hmm. yeah there's an hour cut from this and he's like very sure um that it was heavily edited the quality has been manipulated. There's corrupted files. It's a it's a mess, um, and that there's at least an hour missing from key so, times in the day around when he went missing or was murdered. I forgot you were doing this. I'm so fucking angry right now. Like, and I mm-hmm. wasn't. I was like so excited to do this, and now <laughs> I'm just like this ball I mean, of like fiery yeah. anger. Like, th- this case makes me want to like drive down there and like pound on the fucking doors oh, yeah. of the police station and the yeah. school and be like, what the motherfuck. Like it's so are you fucked kidding up. Me? Are you yeah. kidding me? Georgia, dude. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. And if Go we've ahead. seen from also we've seen from a mod arbory, which I don't know, some of you yeah. may know about the initial rep- police reports filed with that and the initial way that that was handled and how the state and the federal government had to like sue the GBI and the state to say that that happened. Like, trust me when I say that the Georgia police and Georgia like state of police GBI can say whatever they want. Like they, they can, can say yeah. whatever they want. It's insane. It's insane yes. to me. So, oh, okay. Okay. All right. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry. Ooh. Okay. So, the key suspect, uh, Brian Bell, I'm going to say his name. Sorry. Not sorry. Um, yeah. Is one of the two kids who Kendrick had uh, one of the only two kids, like, I guess, period, who may have had a beef with Kendrick. So, these two guys had gotten in a fight with him in a bus, I think, on the way to a football game about a year before. And from what I understand, like, they kind of started it, but Kendrick ultimately won the fight um, and kind of like beat them up a little bit. Yeah. And racist, like white boys that get yes. beat up by a black boy, they're not going to, that's not going to sit well with them. Correct. So he kind of subdued them and like nixed the fight and kind of won. And they yeah. were very mad. Um, and they were kind of going around to telling people that it wasn't over, that they were going to like get back at him kind of thing. Uh, and his dad, Rick Bell, this is from Kendrick's mouth, this is what his dad says. Kendrick said, you know, Rick Bell, Brian's daddy, he came up at me, up to me at school and told me that the fight on the bus wasn't a fair fight and I should come to his house and refight Brian. This is so sick. So the dad this is, is so like, so fucking sick. It's fucked up. The dad is like egging him on, come back and fight my son. It wasn't fair the first time. It's like, dude, and, you want your son to get his ass kicked again? Okay. And Kendrick just said he walked away. He was like, not even dealing with that. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, did not want to do that. Um, and guess what Rick Bell, Brian's daddy does for a living. Oh, I he's don't an have F- to guess. He's an FBI agent. Yeah. He fucking so... shouldn't be. He fucking <laughs> should not be. Yeah. That's the guy that did that works for the FBI. Yeah. That's cool. Super cool. Brian Bell also said that he didn't see Kendrick all day. And later on the surveillance video, the edited one shows him standing next to Kendrick that day. So, so even with all the editing, they did getting rid of whatever evidence there is i think eventually the missing some some of the missing footage is forfeited or i think um as well but at some point that footage shows up yeah so back to the way he was found a few more little points here about the suspiciousness of all this they claimed that he had one arm outstretched as if he was reaching again they pulled him out but this is what the people who found him claim that he had one arm outstretched as if he was reaching for the shoe kendrick was 5'10 this mat was six feet long. 
Okay. So, so um, how's like, that work? Yeah. Also, that, his shoulders were 19 inches wide, and the opening was 14 inches. So there's no. Come on. Come it's on. It's hard. It's argued by a lot of people that he would, including his family, that he would not have been able to fit himself in. Period. Unless he's a body being rolled or stuffed. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like a limp body with no yes. resistance to the pain. Yes. It would feel to going yes. into that yes exactly. absolutely absolutely um exactly uh so the family like i said continues to be outraged they've led many many protests mm-hmm. and you know trying to drum up support for this in the media they've said repeatedly that the only thing that will work is a national outrage basically um they've called the invest- yeah sign me <laughs> up fucking um, do it yeah go sign petitions people they're out there yeah so the family uh gets two additional independent autopsies done Mm-hmm. Um, and they successfully get a judge to authorize at least one of these autopsies and say that the police need to release the full footage. So that's how the rest of that footage comes out. Okay, so um, it did get released. Yeah, well, some of it is, anyway. Who knows? Yeah, the the again, they're editing the footage. So what could? Who knows what? Could, yeah, yeah. So sus already. But the family hires the again private investigators, and the two additional autopsies both rule that he died from blunt force trauma and point Shocking. to yeah hemorrhaging and injuries around his neck uh area that are just like the, oh, both of those autopsy people are like yeah they, these are injuries you yeah know? and they match the blood on the wall yes. and the blood on the floor and like yep. give me a fucking yep. break oh my god yeah. this is so obvious i'm sorry it's so, so obvious. also upon exhuming him for these the second autopsy the family oh discovers god. that kendrick's organs are missing all of them yeah including his brain and yep. he's stuffed with straw. Yeah. Which yep. is fucking horrific. That's also apparently something that they do. Which yes, I don't is. understand. But whatever. Okay. It is. It is. Um, although apparently straw is not like super common um, no. as a stuffing thing. I would Again, say at this point, no. I would like to be cremated because that's really gross. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't. <laughs> that alone is like, okay, cremate Ew. me. I'd rather yeah. be burned. And, than, yeah. Yeah. And the family sues uh, the funeral you know, prep people for that. Uh, and this is also like a fucking criminal case. So you'd think they would at least save the organs to the side, but no, they're missing, Cindy. They're missing, the yeah. Are, the organs are missing. Yeah, because um, they're, they have stories to tell and yeah, the people who yeah. don't want these people to be caught don't want those stories to be told. Yeah. And that's what's going on. Yeah, here. so the family also circulated some really horrific photos of his body, I believe during the first auto- autopsy, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And they are really gross and gory so be careful looking them up if you're not into that kind of thing no mm-hmm. one should should be but you know yeah. we, we, we look at these things sometimes. when it's fake we're into it when it's real it's not it's really scary. okay yeah. yeah but um it is a bit misleading i will know i support the family in like 99 percent yeah percent of what they're saying here but these photos are a bit misleading because they are mid-autopsy and that's why his skin is sort of peeled move forward like that is because and slouched is because that is an autopsy. That's what happens. Right. And they're trying, but you know what? I don't blame them for doing yeah. whatever they need to do to get um, attention to this case, because honestly, yeah. it's very clear what's going on. And I, I hate yeah. that. I hate that that happened because I feel like it shifted the focus and it took some of the legitimacy away. Yeah. 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 And when, people who say that he, uh, that he wasn't murdered cite that as like, see, see, they're full of shit. And it's like, they're no, liars. They're- and it's like, no. No. no, when you look at the bigger picture, something's clearly going on. And you can probably, even autopsy tech stuff aside, you can probably still make out injuries in those photos as well. Yeah. And also um, let's like hope we never have to find out how we'd behave with if one of our children died, like and was course. potentially murdered yeah. and there was a clear cover up, you know? Um, but yeah, it really bothers me that so much attention is paid to that because fuck off, dude. Like honestly, it has nothing to do with anything, truly. Yeah. 
It changes nothing. Okay. So, anyway, sorry. No, no worries. So yeah, nothing, no one's been arrested in this case. Uh, if you hadn't guessed, um, here's where it's at right now, just to wrap it up. The parents are badasses, by the way. They've been like nonstop yelling as loud as they can in the press about this. Them. They have a hundred million dollars worth of civil lawsuits filed against 38 different people. Um, Go parents. So I hope they succeed in that at least. Me too. And they ha- on all their lawsuits claim racial bias in Fuck the lack yeah. of investigation and you know total lack of investigation of these key suspects that had a motive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously racial bias. And there's another case I want to do someday for like a single serving Tamala Horsford that takes yes. place like in this exact area. Oh Lord, yeah. So it's very like a place where if black people die mysteriously, it's like, it was an accident. Shut up, everyone. Yeah. Um, Who cares? Move on. Like mm-mm. a problematic area. Yeah. Yes. To be. Um, and one kind of nugget, a kernel of hope in literally this year in 2021, a new sheriff uh, got into office, I guess, in this, I guess, county and has mm-hmm. reopened the case to at least amazing, it, at least look at it uh, yeah. as maybe not an accident. And but the family has come out and said that they're still cynical and doubtful that anything will fucking happen. And I don't blame them. So. I don't either, but let's hope I would love for the family to be wrong on this because I really want them to get the justice that they clearly deserve. That clearly it, this was not an act. Like, come on. No, come on. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. So that's Kendrick. Oh, I hate that case so much. It makes me Oof. just want to fucking rage, which I kind of did. So at least there was that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's do one that is uh, a little bit more fun. It is as I like to inappropriately say constantly yeah, lately. Yeah. Um, this is the Oslo Plaza Hotel woman. Oh, and this is a fucking weird ass case. So this takes place in Oslo, Norway, on May 31st, 1995, at the Plaza Hotel, which is a top luxury hotel in Oslo. Uh, at the time, anyway. I don't know if it's still like super, you know, fancy pants or whatever, but it was. Um, and this woman checks in um may 31st uh she checks into room 25 or 2805 her name that she checks in under is jennifer fairgate she's Mm. able to check in without a credit card somehow and three days into her stay the front desk noticed the error so they sent security up to get a card from her so this was june 3rd 1995 the security guard knocks on the door and almost immediately hears a gunshot from inside the room So instead of using his radio, which he had on him, to tell the rest of the team, he decides to go back downstairs and physically get the head of security for whatever reason. I don't know why. He then um, had the the security head came up to the room and knocked. There was no answer. So you he uses his card to get into the room. And there's the woman who checked in dead on the bed with a bullet wound to her forehead. He said he smelled an acrid smell which is important. So so he he walks out, closes the door and calls the police. Police then came in and found her dead on the bed and there was a gun in her hand. There was no trace of anyone else ever being in the room and the door was double locked from the inside when the security guard went in. He noticed like, oh, this is double locked. So sounds like a suicide, right? Mm -hmm. When police searched the room, there was also no sign of an ID, no driver's license, no credit cards, no passport, no makeup, no toothbrush, no toiletries. All the labels of her clothing were removed. And this is weird, but I don't know what it means. She had a ton of tops, like sweaters and shirts, but like no bottoms. So Whoa. also really weird. But every single item of clothing had all of the tags cut out. So you couldn't identify where they were from. 
Oh my gosh. I have thoughts, but I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, it's really weird. Cause I know, you know, this yeah. one, like I know the Kendrick one, um, it's yeah. really weird that she wasn't able to check in without a credit card or ID. Like how did, yeah. she, how did she do that in this hotel? That's like impossible. the hotel, like that is absolutely against policy. Um, so like I said, she checked in as Jennifer Fairgate and she put her place of residence as a tiny town in Belgium. So police were like, okay, well, we'll go notify her family and maybe we can figure out who she is from there. Uh, and they get there and she has no family there because Jennifer Fairgate doesn't exist. And Sounds fake. Yeah. And if Jennifer Fairgate here does exist, uh, she's not from this tiny town in Belgium. So next, they get her fingerprints. They run them through Interpol. There's nothing. So now police are like, all right, we're pretty sure this was a suicide, but now this is fucking creepy. It's weird. So we're going to investigate this as a homicide. So they look into her stay a bit more. They realize she'd supposedly checked in with a man named Louis Fairgate. And a hotel worker even said, like, oh, I remember them being together. But yeah. he, he was never seen after that. And even that sighting is like, who was it really? Was it really him? Like, did this person make that up? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's there's no fair gates. Yeah. And eyewitness testimony, and it's always like, nah, you never know. Yeah, totally. Um, so the hotel also had cameras, which would have been a really easy way to like verify any of this, but you know, the the cops didn't check them. Oh my gosh. They just failed to check. So whether or not he ever existed is still up for debate. Um, obviously, he's not a fair gate either way. So the key card showed that she rarely left her room and the key was not used immediately before her death. So again, this is why police were like, okay, well, she was planning to kill herself. She was just spending time alone in her hotel room, like gearing up to do that. But now that they're looking at it as a homicide, they start kind of, you know, thinking, well, how did someone get in if they didn't use a card? You know, was the door just open? Like, what's the deal? Because she could have just opened the door and let someone right. in. Right, you know? sure. So there's a bunch of things that they're like, what the hell happened? Um, but in 1996, they closed the case and they buried her without ever identifying her. <gasps> and they're just oh. like, never mind, it's a suicide. Like, there's not enough evidence of anything else. The door was double locked, you know. Just a slightly dead. mysterious suicide. Yeah. And so that is the end of things officially from that end. Okay. On 2020, Unsolved Mysteries covered this story and interviewed a man who wrote about the case back in 1996. And this man, whose name I totally failed to write down because I'm the worst, um, but you can watch the Unsolved Mysteries episode and see him. Uh, he continues to look into this case to this day. Uh, and in this episode, he goes to the town she listed as her home because it's not likely she was from there. But if you're going to list this small of a town, maybe you're familiar with it you know yeah totally so, so he takes the sketch that's been made of her there are pictures of her but she's dead you're not going to want to like share those with people right so he takes a sketch based on the photo and shows it to all the people these people have lived there for their whole lives this is a type of town where everybody knows everybody nobody leaves nobody moves nobody moves there like you're either from there or you're not yeah. not a single one of them ever recognized her okay like, everybody's like we don't know so now it's like who the fuck is this woman where is she from and who killed her? And why didn't she have ID? And how was she allowed to check in the room without a credit card, right? Yeah. So the obvious answer is that she killed herself. But I don't think that. I don't think it's likely. And I think okay. I don't think you think it's likely either. No. No. So a couple of things. Just first little small things. She'd just taken a shower and was well-dressed as if she was planning to go out. Mm -hmm. Which seems like a weird thing to do if you're just going to shoot yourself, you know? Not yeah. totally unbelievable, but kind of strange. Sure. Like... I feel like most people who are planning to 
<coughs> pardon me, who are planning to like end their lives are probably not in a place where they're like getting done up first, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have heard of people like wanting to look good, like in death, but also at the same time, to me, that speaks of the just taking a shower bit speaks to be like, she was caught off guard or she was in the middle of doing some other stuff. Yeah. Like getting ready. Also, like if you're shooting yourself in the head. Right. It's and like in the forehead, no less. Like it seems, I don't know. Mm. So yeah, that yeah. is also a weird spot, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, another interesting thing, she had a gun with her when she checked into the room, which is kind of just strange. Um, yeah. And that was the gun used to kill her. So that does track for suicide. But she also had 25 rounds in a suitcase in her room, which is like, why did you have a suitcase full of bullets? Especially if you're just going to kill yourself. Like, why do you like, what do you, you know? Yeah. Um, another thing that actually uh, Unsolved Mysteries didn't cover there were two bullets fired. There were two shots fired. One of may, may have been like a test shot into her pillow, which she did like before she shot herself, or it may have been shot by whoever killed her as a warning to the security guard when he knocked on the door. So mm. it's possible that she had already been shot and then security knocked and the guy tried to scare whoever it was away by firing a bullet into the bed, you know? Yeah. Um, this, yeah. It's obviously important to talk about because it definitely means somebody else could have been there um and there's another point about the timing that i'll bring up in a minute so another thing weird thing was the way she was holding the gun she had her thumb on the trigger so her hand was sort of like contorted like she had her it was like backwards because you know you put your thumb on the back and your hand around the front of the gun with your finger on the trigger this was the opposite she had her thumb on the gun which you could totally shoot yourself that way but the gun was found firmly still in her hand. Mm-hmm. And those guns are, it would have like kicked back so hard. Yeah. It's not likely it would have been in her hand. Also, her hand was like carefully placed like on her like stomach, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. How did that happen? Also, there was no blood or gunshot residue on her hand. Mm-hmm. And there was no blood on the gun. Mm-hmm. So, how does that happen? Right. Yeah. Uh, even though we're absolutely sure it was a weapon used to kill her. So it sounds more like somebody shot her and then cleaned the gun, wiped it of prints and put it in her hand. Because also there were no prints on the gun, not even hers. And she's <sighs> holding the gun, but so lightly placed there that yeah. it didn't even like leave marks. Yeah. So, you know, this could have absolutely all taken place while the security guard went downstairs to get someone. That person had 15 minutes to fucking escape, okay. right? Yeah. So the next question is also pretty important. Was she freshly dead when they found her? Yeah. And the answer is we don't know. She had okay. a meal in her stomach, which she had ordered the day prior to the day she was found. So she was okay. found on the third, but she ordered room service on the second. So she was alive on the second at some point. Yes. And the food in her stomach was undigested. If she okay. had eaten it the night before and died the next day, the food would have been digested unless. So it was pretty recent. Well, no. So what it was, did she eat, did she let the food sit for a day and then eat it? Like, did she order it on the second and then eat it for lunch on the third? Oh, Or okay. was she actually killed on the second and yeah. had been dead in that room for a day? Interesting. Yeah. So maybe she wasn't shot right when the man heard the gun go off. Maybe that was like just a warning shot to like. Yeah. Him. Because it's really weird to have undigested food in her stomach from a meal that was ordered 24 hours before she was found dead. Yeah. So, I mean, she might have just let it sit and maybe she likes eating like day old hot dogs because it was hot dogs. (laughs) Oh, okay. But 
I kind of feel like no. And that, along with the acrid smell that the guy smelled in the room, to me, that means yeah. she had already it's, been dead. She was starting to smell. Yeah. Yes. Which wouldn't happen 15 minutes after being shot. No. But it would start to happen 24 hours after being murdered. Yeah, for sure. So other things I find interesting, when they did the toxicology, they only tested for alcohol. So she very well could have been drugged so that she mm-hmm. wasn't fighting back, which is why nobody heard anything. Yeah. Um, also, one day... A couple, so I think it was like June first. The maids came in at one p.m. and nobody was in the room. The key card wasn't used again until the following morning, meaning she was gone from her hotel room for twenty hours, including overnight. Mm. Where the fuck did she go? Oh my gosh, it's so mysterious. It's so mysterious. So we have all this weird information. Where does it lead? So what do you think? What What's your? Okay, first of all, she's a fucking spy. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. First of all. <laughs> yes. Um. The tags being cut out it's like she's a spy yes um and i think she was co taken out by a spy for knowing too much spy knowledge or some kind of spy reasons yes and they were there or visited her after she was there and because also i feel like they must have taken her shit they must have taken her ids and all the stuff that would have given them clues out who she was because she had some of that she and the she had pants you know at some point she did yeah, yeah. she didn't check in pantsless exactly yeah. so it's, i feel like it's clear that someone took some stuff of hers with them when they left yes identifying I, things yeah. yes and i like your theory about the the theory about the kind of second shot being a warning shot and he got away because i think that's totally possible i think it's totally possible so yeah. i agree with you some people have said was she like a high-paid sex worker was she mm. drug smuggler was she an assassin? Something think, illegal. Yes. Yeah. And the for, there's a former Norwegian intelligence service agent, uh, Ola Kaldegger, and he says that she was definitely a spy. And yeah. he says that he's sure she was executed. He doesn't have any proof besides having worked in that world for a long ass time, like 20 plus years. But he said, you know, the clothing having no labels is like mm-hmm. standard protocol for intelligence um, agents so that they aren't identified. He also yeah. said... The, an intelligent agent intelligence agent would have no problem problem entering a room with doors locked without being detected like they mm-hmm. have the technology and the ability if they want to get inside that hotel room with no evidence of that happening they absolutely yeah. can and same with leaving they can leave out the back with yeah. no trace and her leaving for the 20 hours too makes me feel like she had business there it wasn't yes. like she was doing like you know kind of a sad like solo trip before she heals herself just solo she was doing some business Yes. The the problem that I have with this, though, if it was an intelligence murder, couldn't they have made it a little like, I don't know, I guess wiping the gun is yeah. better, leaving no evidence than leaving some evidence that could prove yeah. that it wasn't a suicide. Exactly. I mean, wiping the gun, that's very intelligence spy stuff. Like, that's all checks out to me. Um, I guess and to also, me, I feel like them making her look like staging it to look like a suicide is itself a very way like like uh cia or something way of killing someone like right it's just weird because i feel like they could have done a better job like with yeah. making putting gunpowder on her hand or not wiping the blood off the gun i feel but like it worked though ultimately she's obviously labeled yeah. A suicide yeah yeah i mean it, it's obviously something that a lot of detectives and people are still thinking about um yeah but yeah it worked well enough but i do think like wow if they can enter a hotel room with no like trace of that happening why can't they stage this a little more convincingly but who knows i mean maybe i'm just like over and also it. maybe the reason why there's some missteps uh too is that they did have to leave in a hurry because of that guard and because they had to leave in that 15 minutes and they were like shit okay just grab the stuff do whatever you know they did it more quickly 
Right. Because, well, but I still, I kind of think she was killed the day before because of why yeah. is there undigested food? You know, it, it feels like that's what happened because yeah. she didn't order food after that. She didn't have anything else in her room. Like, how did she eat breakfast? Like, what did she do? You know what I mean? So I yeah. feel like she was probably killed the day before. And then whoever was in there stayed in there until someone came knocking and then was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, exactly. But we don't know. And so, okay. So we think she's a spy. We think she got murdered. I'm going with that. Yeah. Who the fuck is she? We don't know because. And they do the DNA, like backwards well, DNA testing. They okay. destroyed the blood sample after they decided it was a suicide. Ugh. So in 2016, they exhumed her body. They got a full DNA profile. It turned up nothing. The only thing they figured out is that she is most likely from Eastern Germany, but okay. nobody has reported anyone missing there. Uh, the man from Unsolved Mysteries, whose name I didn't write down because I'm the worst, ran a newspaper ad in the largest paper in Germany, but no leads of any worth came of it. That's so crazy that so, no one would ever even recognize her. Yeah. They use really cool, this thing, I forget what the chemical is, but it's like affects your teeth a certain amount, depending on like what year you were born because of like yeah. how it's in the air. So they figured out that she was probably 24 at the time that she died. She checked in and listed her age as being 21. Okay. Um, but we don't know. It's like, did she eat day old food after wandering around alone all night, come back, shower, get dressed and then shoot herself? Like, I don't think so. You know, that's a pretty weird, um, like collection of events that doesn't, you know, make sense, you know? No. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, there's a few weirdos staying at the hotel at the same time that she was and like a suspicious couple, but it's like nothing, nothing ever. No, no, I don't think it would be those people. I think it would be someone who we have no fucking idea who they are. Yeah, I can't imagine it would be anything like that. Yeah, no, it, it couldn't be that obvious of an answer. But we'll never know because, as far as the cops are concerned, in in Norway, like it was a suicide, and that's the end of it. So, Oof, oh yeah. my gosh, I love that one. It's so fucking weird and twisty. Oh, yeah, so spooky. Okay, it is spooky. All right, what's your next one? I, okay, now that I'm su- sufficiently spooked, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do one that I I do a kind of a lot of big cases we're doing this week that I mm-hmm. we all both know a lot about. So I wanted to do one I had no clue about. Okay. So this is that one. It is the case of Kurt Soba. Okay. Um, I don't know this one either. Yeah. Mm -mm. So this happened in Cleveland, Ohio in 1981. Kurt, who was was 17, and he was a normal, uh, good kid living with his parents and his three brothers in Newburgh Heights, which is a suburb of Cleveland. Okay. So he went to a Halloween party. This is also uh, on theme here on season. yeah. Yeah. He went to a Halloween party on the afternoon of... Friday, October 23rd. Um, so also like coming up on this week. Away. Yeah. Um, he walked there with a friend and then he never comes home from, from the party. The next day, his parents start looking for him. And that Sunday, so like two days later, they officially report him missing, missing. Wow. It's weird. They took so long to do it. Yeah. I think they were just like asking around and like looking for, you know, at his friend's house and stuff like that. But, and who knows, yeah. maybe he was the kind of kid that would like stay out for the weekend or whatever. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So his mom gets in touch with a Susan who was the supposed host of this party. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, Oh, I didn't have a party. I didn't see Kurt. I don't know what you're talking about. But then a pizza delivery person comes forward and says, hi, no, I delivered pizzas to this party. There was a party. Okay. Susan then backpedals and admits there was a party and Kurt was there. So right away, Susan is feeling weird to me. I mean, um, she could have just, it could have been as simple as like not wanting her parents to find out that she had a party. You know what I mean? True. Like ki- kids will lie for dumbass reasons. I'm not Very giving true. her the benefit of the doubt, but I am saying that's within the realm of possibility. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So how was the party, do you ask? What was happening there? So as Kurt didn't know many people there, um, and all the attendees were a bit older than him uh, and from Detroit. Oh, okay. So not his usual scene. Yeah. And Kurt, who's like a skinny 17-year-old, was who didn't drink a lot, was drinking Everclear. Oh, Ooh. yeah. And I uh, can't say, I, I think I've only had that once in my entire life, like over a decade ago. But if anyone has had the unpleasant experience of having no. any any amount, like a teaspoon full of Everclear, it is so gross and it's strong. Like drinking rubbing alcohol. It's Literally, so yes. disgusting. Straight, straight, like 100% alcohol. It's very brutal. I don't it's, recommend it. It's not for people who like to drink. It's for people who are no. trying to get fucked up. Like that's it. I don't it. know honestly what it's manufactured for. Like what? <laughs> I think mean, honestly, it's it's for underage kids who are trying to get wasted and like hardcore alcoholics. That's my assessment of that shit. Because yeah, it's, it's not, not about like something you need in a cocktail or anything. You know? No, it's not a pleasurable experience. It's just no. meant to get you like fucked. All right. So yeah. So anyway, that's what Kurt's right. drinking, um, right. unfortunately. And again, he's seventeen. That's the age when you might do something that's stupid. Oh fuck yeah, exactly. Yeah, and obviously he's very drunk. Um, he's also not a drinker, so he's gonna you know get drunker faster. Yeah. Um, he his friend who he had walked there with says that he took him outside for a moment of fresh air and left him kind of leaning against a fence. Okay. And when he comes back, pretty shortly thereafter, Kurt is gone. That is okay. the friend's story. Okay. While he's missing, Kurt's gone here. Okay, there's a lot of spookiness that takes place while he's missing. Okay. Um, a record store owner that had the parents had put up a missing poster there mm -hmm. um, had a random guy visit and say, quote, might as well take it down. He's going to be found dead in two days and nobody's going to know how he died. What? Mm -hmm. In two so, days? Like, how the fuck does the guy? Okay, was, was he found in two days? That's the whole sentence he says to someone. Okay. Wow. Okay. So Susan, the our party hoster here, also circles back to Dorothy uh, Sova, who's his mom, doing all the investigating. And Susan says, oh, um, I forgot, actually, sorry, Kurt slept that night on a cot in my basement. And now I remember this story. I do know this story. Yeah. Um, okay, there, is a, there is a cot in the basement, but there's no evidence that he slept there or was there at all. There's none of his stuff. Uh, so that it is a thing. Um, there's also one sighting of him alive in this time by his friend, but it is totally unverified and could be bullshit. Okay. Six days later, after he's goes missing, uh, 500 yards from the party house in a ravine, uh, they find Kurt. He is clothed, but barefoot. Okay. He has no apparent injuries visible, uh, just some very minor scrapes and bruises superficial um and his right shoe is missing and his left shoe is quote-unquote wedged amongst a couple rocks nearby okay so this is extremely mysterious already um the yeah. cause of death is filed as undetermined so just we don't know <laughs> oh man okay okay all right keep going and yeah but officially it's kind of officially not murder because they say naturally or accidentally. Okay. So that's what they, but just, it's very vague. They don't know. Um, his family says, no, this was foul play. They disagree very strongly, but they can determine, even though they can't determine the cause of death, they can tell us that he had been dead for only about 24 to 36 hours. 
which means, and he had been gone for six days. So for at least three to four-ish to five-ish days, he had been alive. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. So, and only, mm-hmm. ah, oh my God. This yeah. is, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, it is haunting. It's, and yeah, what the fuck? Um, and obviously this area, which is very, very close to the house, had been extensively searched by that point. So he was held somewhere. Oh God. Oh God. Yes. Yes. And clearly was held somewhere and then planted. He was also wearing a bright yellow t-shirt. Like he clearly would have been spotted. It's not like they could have missed him. Well, also they, they know for a fact because they can tell that shit that he wasn't dead until pretty recently before he was found. So that's not even like a question if he had just been missed, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And you can't really say, oh, he was drunk and he got in an accident. Cause it's like, well, that would have happened that night, you know? Right. Yeah. That would have happened pretty shortly after. Yeah. It's not like he just laid there for days. No, no, he couldn't have. Um, so very spooky. Uh, the spookiness continues. A couple, two more spookinesses here. So a boy in Kurt's neighborhood whom Kurt knew, acquainted with, he named Eugene Cavett, who was 13, was also fine, found, find, was also found in a ravine about two miles away. <gasps> Uh, or pretty close um he was also barefoot and his right shoe was also missing what the fuck so fucking specific yeah what was the timeline between the two were they were they close were they like found around the same time or was it like years apart or i mean obviously not years apart no i think it was like a year prior or a year after i forget so i mean if they knew each other it had to be around it was very close Yeah, yeah it was very close um, and Eugene uh, was officially ruled as having died from falling into the ravine, so like an accidental death, but it's speculated that that's bullshit or that he could have been thrown in to like fall by force. But did the force of the fall just like rocket his shoe into outer space where it could never be found again? Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's not like something that yeah. happens. Yeah, so a similar case there, which is really creepy. And then a guy named Franco, who was a... Well, friend partying with him at that party Halloween party mm-hmm. uh, and who we think was potentially also and was I'd say likely the record mm-hmm. store guy remember with the cryptic statements. yes the Franco here uh the day Kurt's body was found goes to the same record store employee mm-hmm. with some flowers and he goes to the same employee that he said that's cryptic statement to you before and he mm-hmm. gives him the flowers with a card that says quote Roses are red, the sky is blue, they found him dead, and they will find you dead too. What? Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Sorry, was that really loud? Did I just no, like- no, no, okay. it was fine. No, so cops uh, apparently interview Franco after this um, and rule him out for reasons that they never state. They just say, oh, he just did that because he's mentally disturbed, you know, or he's just doing that because he's crazy but so I think he's mentally disturbed knows the victim but definitely isn't a suspect was partying with him was partying well. with him said he was going to show up dead i think they just dismissed it like out of hand um as like oh he's just crazy but i don't know that there's any real reason why they ruled him out it could be there work, there could guys. be yeah so jesus yeah and franco after this left town forever weird mm-hmm. weird definitely yeah. not something that like a murderer would do and no one knows where Franco's at or who he, who he is. Wow. And the, the case is still unsolved. There's been a couple of resurgences in an investigation by the Newburgh Heights police, like in 2019. I think in 2020, they've been kind of doing a little 
trying to get true crime sleuths on it, basically. Amateur sleuths, sleuthery. So They're also good guys. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. They had a partnership with Tiffin University. They're trying to get like classes and a whole people working on this. Um, wow. But yeah, I mean, I think it's the super, super creepy part to me is that he was clearly held somehow and for days for days and as far as the cause of death i really think he could have been smothered because that's a really classic way like with tammy fucking daybell if you remember right yes where they think that if you do that it doesn't leave any marks it's not like strangulation and you Mm -hmm. can't tell really what happened it just looks like someone died suddenly you know especially if yeah i mean yeah it's very very difficult to tell that that's what happened it's almost impossible especially not looking for it so there's possibilities for how that could have happened, but it's so spooky and I don't know what to make of it. Like if someone killed him at the party, you know, violently and then dumped his body later, that's not what happened. There was a period of like multiple days where he was just held by someone where yeah. he was taken from outside that party when he was wasted, yeah. held and then murdered. Yeah. And it's like, it's really, really wild. Um, so yeah, that's, a very creepy story and i'm very suspicious of our party friends personally me too yeah not all of them necessarily but i think some of them i think it's one of those things where if like cops really put the pressure somebody's gonna talk yeah what year was this 1981 oh yeah nobody's gonna talk at this point but wow you never you never know that's true i mean it's possible but i'm not holding my breath that's for sure yeah wow that is fucking crazy. I'm going to read all about that now. I'm going to like dive in. That's insane. Yes. That's the thing about these that I don't, I hate them, but I love them because they're really compelling. So you want to like know more. Yes. I get, yeah, I get spooky, mysterious murder, like addictions. I get crazy, like late at night Googling these. Yeah, it's fun. Um, Okay. I'm going to do the feet of the Salish Sea. Is it Salish or Salish? I don't know. Anyway. I want to say Salish. Salish? Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, Canadian friend, but she, I don't think she listens to this. But <laughs> yeah. some of mine do, and I apologize <laughs> okay. in advance. Uh, the Salish Sea. So this is the fucking weird one. So this is about feet, and uh, it starts on August 20th, 2007, on Jedediah Island, a popular spot for boaters and kayakers in uh, BC, in Canada. A 12-year-old girl found a size 12 blue and white sneaker on the shore. Inside the shoe was a sock, and inside of the sock was a foot there was a foot there was a foot six days later six on gabriola island bc a couple found another size 12 shoe but it did not match this was a white reebok and inside another foot oh my god But they were two right feet so definitely not like some dude who just wore mismatched shoes it just happened to be two men who wore size 12 two separate right feet two separate right feet two separate size 12 police were completely shocked Finding two separate dismembered feet in the same general area only six days apart was unheard of. It doesn't happen. And I think they said, like, it's a one in a million chance, like, literally. Actually, more than that. And they were both, like I said, they're both right feet. So who did these belong to? Immediately, investigators started looking at missing persons reports. They did find that the first foot belonged to a young man who had been struggling with depression. His family asked that his name uh, be withheld. And... So his name was withheld and I didn't go looking for it because fuck that, but it did solve that foot mis- uh, mystery. The second foot still has never been identified. Okay. Yeah. And this foot is not alone. In February, 2008, another, 
more feet. Another foot was found, this time on Valdez Island. So it's a lot of islands. Mm-hmm. And this was a size 11 Nike. A couple months later, on May 22nd, 2008, another foot was found. And this time in a woman's shoe. So this is a woman's foot. Oh. This foot was later connected to a woman who had jumped from Petulo Bridge in New Westminster in April 2004. So it took four years for her foot to wash ashore. Okay. Then on uh, June 16th, another foot washed ashore on Westham Island, and the foot matched the Nike from February. These feet belonged to a man who had also been missing since 2004. His death was not considered suspicious, so possibly another suicide or an accident of some sort. The next foot was found August 1st in Washington, so the first foot outside of Canada, but still in the Salish Sea area. On November 11th, the bridge woman's second foot was found. In late October 2009, another foot was found in Canada, belonging to a man who had been missing for about a year. And the list goes on. So from there, there are another 13 feet that washed ashore between 2010 and 2019 in this area. What? Yes. Yes. One foot. This is crazy. One foot found in 2011 that was in a boot belonged to a fisherman who had been missing since 1984. What? Yes. Isn't that insane? Wait, wait, was it like how decayed was the foot? Was it a skeletal foot? I'll explain. We'll talk about it. I actually don't know if it was skeletal, but I don't believe so because they were able to like test DNA. So in all, at least five of these feet have not been identified. And at least one was found wrapped in a plastic bag indicating foul play, but nothing else is known about that situation. And weirdly, that foot is the only foot that actually seems like it may be foul play, which is weird. So this case got a ton of media attention over the years. You know, every time a new foot washes ashore, it brings up every other case, you know. Oh, my God. Um, Even those that were solved, they're like, why the fuck are these feet washing up? People love it. And then, of course, you have, you know, the wise guys. So on October 30th or October, on August 31st, 2011, a bunch of shoes washed ashore that were filled with raw meat. So (laughs) someone's someone's making a funny. Um, yeah, just launching shoes out for fun yeah, and watching them wash back up. There were more that ha- found like chicken bones inside. So, yeah. you know, somebody was having a good time with this. So obviously this isn't some weird serial killer, um, which is what I think people were kind of hoping for in a weird way. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, but it's still like, why are all these feet washing ashore? And the answer is actually pretty interesting, I think. Um some of these may be murders, like I said. Some of them are undetermined. We don't even know who the person is. Um, and one, like I said, was found in a bag. But they are definitely not all connected. A lot of them are either accidents or suicides, uh, which sucks. And they took place in the general area where the feet were found, at least as far as the ones that have been solved. So the islands and shores where these feet have been found are all part of the Salish Sea, which is a bunch of waterways that all come together around the northern coast of Washington and the southern coast of Canada on, on the west coast. This area has the perfect storm for floating feet. It's got westerly winds, so everything comes in toward the shore instead feet of storm. out and away. Yes, it's a perfect foot storm. Um, yeah. It's also an inland body of water, so things get trapped. Like once they come in, they don't go back out, so they don't move into the larger ocean. And lastly, the vast majority of these feet were found in sneakers, which is weird, but also relevant because so many people in that area wear sneakers to the beaches because the rocks are slippery. Mm-hmm. So they want to go hiking. They want to walk around. So they're wearing like running shoes. They're wearing Nikes. You know, they're wearing shoes that are a little bit outdoorsy. Outdoor. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 
And then, of course, they might be wearing good shoes because they are going up there to, you know, because they don't want to live anymore. And so they're jumping off of a, a bridge or a rock or whatever and um, ending their lives. So, but either way, the type of shoe is really relevant because it taught it, it says something as to how these feet are able to float. Yeah. So most bodies will sink in the ocean. If they were naked, over 69% would float. But if you add just a touch of clothing, they go straight down. Oh, the ma- the majority, the vast majority. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was actually really interesting that if you it's add good, any any weight to a body, it goes. It's a good like cocktail party fact if you're trying yeah. to make, make friends. <laughs> yeah. Make friends. Make the right kind of friends anyway. Yeah. Um, so how do the feet end up separated from the bodies and why do they float? Because it's kind of weird. So first, none of the feet had evidence of being cut off. Just, just so we can get that out of the way. Because okay. the I was talking to like Rory and my dad about this case, and both of them were like, "So is there a serial killer like cutting people's feet off?" And I'm like, "Actually, no. There's no mm. solid cuts. What does happen is that the feet naturally come free, but it's really gross as to how. So some oh. scientists <coughs> looked into this by throwing pigs, pig carcasses into the ocean. No, oh. to see what happened. The pigs sink. And within 10 days the pig carca- of the pig carcass hitting the seafloor, it's attacked by ground-dwelling sea animals and picked clean within that time. Oh. Yes. Which is disgusting. The yes. animals focus more on the softer tissues. And unlike hip or shoulder joints, the ankle is held on more by like cartilage and ligaments than by bone. Also, because the shoes are on the feet, the animals don't eat the feet. But they eat to the ankle bone. Right. And then they don't want to eat the shoe. Exactly. And they don't want to eat through the shoe. So as they're chewing on the ankle around the shoe, it becomes detached and it detaches from the body. If the hands detach from the body, they just stay down there and then they get eaten. But the foot flesh is protected by the shoe. And also sneakers, like shoes and sneakers in particular, they have like like air in their soles. They've got like... Right. So they're floaty. Yeah. And they have like, what's that shit? Like, like padding. It's like... um. Like rubber or something? Like, like oh my God, like a sponge kind of, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And so they're filled with air holes. So they're yeah. buoyant. So the animals eat the foot, the foot, like eat the ankle, the foot detaches, and then the shoe protects it from being eaten and also makes it float up. And then the Salish mm. Sea has all these particular, you know, things going on in it that wash the feet ashore. It should also be mentioned that the majority of the feet wash up um, more in, in like the late summer through early winter. There are a few anomalies, okay. like a one that came in February and one that came in May. But for the most part, it's like later than that. The shoes are coming, the feet are coming later than that. So that's basically it. It's a super fucking weird phenomenon. And when I finished researching this, the first thing I thought was like, how many bodies are under the water where no parts have floated up? You know, yeah. because yeah. they're farther out to sea or they're not wearing shoes, or God knows what. You I mean, know? it sounds like the ocean life does a pretty good job of processing the rest, perhaps, of yeah. the body. Yeah. Um, but my question is, why so many feet in this area? And if it's a common thing, then like, say, in Santa Monica, or like, you know, say the coasts of San Diego, are there hella feet washing up there as well is well, this like an omnipresent thing like why so much there well that's what i that's what i mean like i feel like there's probably not more dead bodies in that area it's just because of the way the waters and the winds no. work in, okay. in concert to bring them in 
So in my mind, there's like a gajillion dead bodies all over the damn ocean. Okay. But they just don't float in because they don't have this particular. So that's what I'm saying. Like, are we just like going to the beach surrounded by dead bodies that are just like right off the shore that we don't. First of all, yes. Second of all, this is why we don't go in the ocean. My husband and I, we're not into it. Um, Oh my God. But like, I, it's, it's a frightening place. I'm I'm just picturing like the Pacific ocean, just like with a thousand sneaker feet filled sneakers, just like filling it up. Floating, floating around, but not coming into shore because they're too far out. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think you're wrong. I hate to say that. I don't think you're wrong, but I don't think you're wrong. And that's what freaks me the fuck out, especially because anybody who is either murdered and dumped or falls or jumps, they're not going to be far enough off the coast that we're not drinking dead body water every time we get in that ocean or a lake. I don't know. I'm, uh. (laughs) but yeah, so, so it's this great mystery, but these awesome scientists put it all together and figured out that like, it's the perfect combination of events that make the feet appear in that area. But yeah, that means there's a bunch of feet out there not washing in but definitely out there definitely out there yeah definitely out there and also Oof. there's five feet that aren't that aren't solved they're, they're unsolved feet like what's happening okay so there could be like a small scale feet serial killer there could be yeah because yeah. people are like is there somebody who's like murdering people and cutting off their feet and like throwing them in the water like what's happening five of them possibly yeah yeah <laughs> the guy heard Oof. about it on the news and they're like all right this is my in i can serial kill and just throw their feet in the ocean and they're gonna yeah just, that's like, true it would be a cover on crustaceans and mm-hmm. you know the way the water flows yeah so but yeah i i think it's a really interesting Oof. and fucked up and gross also like that poor 12 year old girl like why are you opening up the sock honey like don't oh, do that God. no 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 leave Ugh. it be if you find a shoe on the beach i mean i'm gonna look because i want to i mean to me like finding a dead body is like you know that would be like a crazy thing to have happen um but for a 12 year old i feel like that's really traumatizing we should maybe we have on like a, a side uh what's it called patreon thing before but there was that tiktok where they people found a suitcase, the with suitcase. A body in it on the beach yeah yeah pretty recently and that was mm-hmm. pretty wild um yeah yeah be careful what you're looking in at the beach top 10 times body people have discovered bodies or something that'd be kind of yeah good. that would be good yeah. Um, all right, but that's it for me for this oof, week or right. for this so, day. So much, so many feet. Okay, so many feet. Those are twenty-five feet. Oof. Well, yeah. All, all right. right. Um, so I'm going to wrap up part one with a case uh, back to the world of unsolved mysteries, the best show ever. That yes. I am deeply rabbit hold afterward after watching it. This is the case of Ray Rivera. This is a weird one. So mysterious. Yeah. Weird. I don't so, get it. This happened in Baltimore in 2006. Quick background because uh, it's relevant. Uh, 32-year-old Ray Rivera is a Puerto Rican guy who had just gotten married um, to his wife, I think Allison. Um, they were planning on starting a family. He had a big loving family. He's doing good for himself. Um, he had just moved to Baltimore fairly recently um, after a failed screenwriting career. Oh, that to sucks. Work. Yeah, um, but he's still doing okay because he goes to work uh, on the invitation of his friend Porter Stanbury. Mm-hmm. And he takes this job writing. He's basically a writer. Um, so he takes this job writing financial newsletters for Porter's company. Okay. Um, so he just takes, yeah, working for, I think it's like Stansbury and Associates, um, which is what Porter owns. And Porter and him have been like friends since they were like teenagers. So they go way back. Okay. Um, so he kind of gets his friend in, gets a job. 
And so about six months uh, before this event, so like late 2005, Mm -hmm. he had stopped working for uh, Porter Stansbury and he was freelancing for another branch of the same company. So he kind of shifted. Okay. Um, So uh, according to a house guest, a friend of his wife's that was staying there with him um, at the house at the time, his wife was out on a trip and she was just letting this friend crash there. Okay. At 6.30 p.m., she hears Ray get a call and... The call ends in him saying, it's a brief call. And he goes, oh, that's all she hears him kind of in reply to this call. Oh. And mm-hmm. okay. and then he leaves the house in a hurry uh, as if he was late for something or, oh, you know, oh, shit, I have to go for some reason. Right. Um, and he's gone. He goes missing uh, the next day. No Ray. Uh, his wife rushes home and finds... Uh, the scene just as if he had, you know, left it suddenly, which he did, mm-hmm. including an, an open can of soda, his Invisaligns, a bag of chips, um, pretty much exactly, you know, yeah, he just left suddenly. That's what happened. Some, something happened. And he yeah. was like, I got to fucking go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that call, pretty, pretty significant to me, this call is later traced to have come from Stansbury and Associates. This is, mm. however, a very large company, and they don't know exactly whom from the company is called Who called okay because yeah. it's all like probably one big phone thing yeah yeah okay so after a few days of intense uh, so there's a few days of intense searching follow, following this with his friends and his family who all fly in from various places uh six days later after some searching they find his car parked in a parking lot on saint paul street in downtown baltimore um but his phone is not in the car nor is any like helpful evidence at all okay this is car um, two days after this, some searchers uh, who are, I guess, at the roof uh, of the Belvedere Hotel, I forget where they are exactly, uh, mm-hmm. but they see a, I think they have to be uh, to the roof. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. So <laughs> delete that. Mm-hmm. Uh, searchers go to the roof of the Belvedere Hotel, um, which is at that time, actually, I think apartments. It's not like a true hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to the garage top of the blah, blah, blah. The roof, mm-hmm. and they see at the top of the parking garage there's a hole, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hmm, that's really weird." Um, they then, okay, how can we get into where that hole is? It's a conference room that is beneath the hole uh, in the parking garage. Mm-hmm. If you follow it down, basically, um, and they find Ray's body. Hmm. So, yeah, so his body has been decomposing for eight days so the whole time he's been missing pretty much so he died right away yeah fairly soon mm-hmm. he has extensive injuries consistent with pretty much a fall of about 177 feet um you know so pretty much the uh, large fall um mm-hmm. they find his phone and his eyeglasses and his flip-flops on the roof of the parking garage this is like the most spooky aspect here mm-hmm. and they are not damaged Hmm. Except, except one flip flop has like a broken strap, but only one of them. Hmm. So clearly, the phone, the glasses at least, did not fall with him. No. And why are they on the roof of the parking garage, not with him? Um, right. Well, did he fall from the roof of the parking garage? We will discuss that. Okay. Because that's um, what it sounded like to me. So one investigator says, that they look staged, those objects, because, you know, they're on the roof of the parking garage and it's strange. Yeah. Um, he is also missing a money clip 
that his wife had gifted him that's very like significant to him and very notable um, that he always wore and it's never been found. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So what the fuck happened uh, to Ray? Um, did he jump and kill himself? Uh, does not seem like a suicide to anyone. No, um, no. And the style of roof, uh, which is a mansard roof, which is sort of like uh, stepped in and kind of mm-hmm. sloped, um, means that just the architecture of this roof and the building means that if he jumped from the hotel roof, it would be very fucking hard, nay, impossible to get to that spot okay. um, because it's so far in. So he would literally have to get a, they did like some physics here and figured out that he would somehow jump 43 feet forward in space to get that spot. And to do that, he would have to be going at least 10 miles per hour, getting a running jump, like a really Olympic fucking leap. Um, And he was in flip flops. Yeah. And probably not like in Olympic athlete shape. No offense to anyone. And if you're going to just jump off a building you don't need to do that you can just jump off yeah you don't have to like pole vault the thing no like um and the door to the roof would have been locked and very difficult to access okay um but somebody got up there is possible he could have fallen from like an upper floor of like but these are all private residences yeah so how did he get in to do that right so it's like Okay, so he could have also jumped from the ledge of the bottom of the mansard roof, but again, it's still really far in. The the hole where he fell was really, really far into the middle of this parking garage. He would have had to still get through someone's fucking condo or office in order to get to that ledge, and this is a super narrow little ledge. This is like a terrifying thing to do. Right, and then also, if he jumped from there, why the fuck is his shit up on the top? Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. so that doesn't make sense either. So Ray's wife, this is heartbreaking too, says that he was afraid of heights. Oh, that's so, fucked So, yeah, so she says she, he would never go up on that roof willingly. And, right. you know, obviously if he was going to kill himself and you're afraid of heights, you wouldn't do that, do it that way. Um, yeah, no, no way. No, uh, as someone who's very afraid of heights, I understand. Yeah, And um, also, like, it doesn't sound like he had any reason to be suicidal, I'm going to say. No. Like, no, there's no. no indication of that whatsoever. No, he had just oh. gotten married. He was super happy. Yeah. So the medical examiner rules the cause of death as officially undetermined and vaguely indicates that the way his shin bones are broken are ac- is actually are actually not is actually not consistent with the fall. So okay, they indicate that obviously it's hard to tell because of he's just generally fucked up from a fall that high. But right. that there are some bones that are suspiciously broken that may not have, that may have been previously broken, essentially. So basically somebody killed him and then like chucked him. But how could they have thrown him so far? Yeah. So Sorry, I'm jumping ahead, no, but like, I just, I'm really like, what the fuck? Super fucking weird. Um, and yeah, again, obviously there's foul play here. I feel like everyone's kind of agreed upon on that, but it's still, even with the foul play, like it is still mysterious how he got through that spot at that speed, you know, like, yeah, it's still very fucking unclear. Um, if he did it himself. If somebody else put him there, it still just seems like really not possible. Really. Even if someone is throwing him out of the window, it seems very difficult to get him there. Like, so it's still extremely mysterious uh, yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also you have to mention that they're, they later find in Ray's office, some notes uh, which are said to be quite mysterious. They are random lists of 
things of movies he likes, different weird quotes. And, and the wife says he's a writer. You know, it's not uncommon for him to have lists and notes for him to like go back to later. That makes total um, sense. Yeah. And, but you know, there is definitely something suspicious about someone who dies in this way. And then you go back and look at all these notes, which only Ray knows what they mean, you know, and right. even the wife can't really decode it. And so there's all this, personally, I kind of feel like they're not related. Right. Um, and they were just his notes. And now you're going, we were going back and reading stuff into them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's taking it away from like where it needs to be headed the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. focusing on the wrong shit. Yeah. I think personally, that's my take on it, but you can yeah. go look at the notes and, you know, read whatever you want into them and it's possible that there's something in there um so motives and suspects what happened um so he was definitely called to the belvedere right most likely um yeah by all accounts in a hurry he parked like by there so he probably was called to meet someone there um perhaps in an office or in, in someone who lived there i don't know like i said the call was from stansbury and associates this makes me so mad and suspicious and concretely sure that at least someone, we can't say for certain who, someone mm-hmm. from this company fucking did it, mm-hmm. did this. However they did it, again, we don't know. But hours, hours after Ray's body was discovered, the entire company put a gag order on their employees that they were not allowed to talk about this case. What? Like, they can't yeah. even do that. If the cops yeah. want to talk to the employees, the employees cannot be I mean, banned companies, from doing so. Give me a break. Fucking companies like this can be do whatever they want, man. They're such assholes. Um, I know. And this of- offends his wife a lot that Porter and his, uh, his, and his close friends, including Porter, lawyer up and stop talking to investigators. Yeah, that's suspect. Yeah, it that's really is. super sus. It really is. And his wife is really disturbed by this because this is a seemingly like really close friend. They moved to work for him. You know, they moved to, you know, because of this opportunity. Right. Um, yeah. And this is like, what the fuck? You're his friend. She's super pissed. Well, I and, wonder what happened when he stopped working for them. If there was something like weird going on, you know? Yeah. So the, yeah. So I'll get to that in a oh, second. Okay. Okay, um, sorry. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. last point here. Um, the Belvedere is also pretty close to the company. So it's like a conceivable meeting place, or maybe they knew someone who had an office and kind of just, you know, mm-hmm. an upper floor office, for instance. You it know, was, that, was it like mixed use, basically? It was like a mixed use building? Yeah, I think it was offices and apartments. Right. Um, okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So what's going on with Stansbury and Associates, as you just asked? Um, yeah, I want to so know. The, the SEC had just sued Stansbury for giving some advice to not invest in a certain Russian company uh, and saying that they were giving fraudulent investment advice. Oh. Yeah. Uh, And Ray had come in after that, but so he wasn't involved, but it's just an example to, you know, tell you that they're involved in some shady stuff, potentially some fraudulent stuff. So yeah. Yeah. uh, Something. We don't know exactly how Ray's looped into all that, but they had recently had legal trouble. Okay. Yeah. And Ray was writing again, just like a newsletter of just news and updates. So did he write something wrong or did he do something fraudulent or did he find out about something shady that someone else was doing? You know, for instance, Yeah. Um, his wife said, quote, I think he turned over some rock and he shouldn't have turned it over. Yeah. This is crazy. This is like a fucking uh one of those james patterson thrillers or some shit it is yeah it's it's horrible um and she says that before he died something was kind of stressing him out like she could he didn't she didn't know what but he seemed a little stressed so anyway so his wife uh allison here firmly believes that he was murdered because of information that he had and i feel like i feel like that checks out i feel like her instinct is correct and i think 
I don't want to throw, I don't want to name names, but Porter or some other suspect person at the company had it out for him because of that. I think that's a very good uh, likelihood. But again, the staging and the phone and the fucking glasses where they were on top of the parking garage fucking roof and the way where his body was and everything about that still doesn't make sense, even with a murder. Like, it's still I hate, I hate the idea that whoever did this is like discussing it from the other side like how the fuck yes. did you get his body all the way over there like oh I didn't realize yeah. it was going to be a problem you know like because yeah. they're trying to make it look like a suicide and they fucked up and like I just hate the idea that they still kind of they still got away with it you know yeah because there's it's no horrible way to imagine this awesome sweet guy who was afraid of fucking heights yeah probably probably being killed by being like I don't know thrown out a window in some insane way right and yeah and his wife Allison on Unsolved Mysteries it's just devastating she's so like brokenhearted they had just gotten married yeah they're just I mean they just had their whole they had their whole lives yeah. ahead of them yeah. like that's so yeah. fucking awful so fucked that makes me really sad yeah and, and also yeah, there's that's it there's been no, no movement since then since that came Mm-mm. out which is so disappointing no ah! I feel I really feel like this should be solvable like more so than some of the other ones just because there's a concrete like we know who called him right right at least from the company like they are implicated for sure yeah like yeah so is it still considered open like the case i don't think so i wonder it fucking should be obviously wasn't a suicide (laughs) i don't know yeah Yeah, i can wonder i um yeah i it's definitely not a fucking suicide so. No, absolutely not. It's not possible. No, it's unless literally not. Like, unless he like momentarily became Superman. Like there's no way. Yeah. And then placed his unbroken phone on the fucking top of the. Yeah. No. Flew over to the top of the garage and put it there and then dropped. Like, no, no way. Oh no my way. God. And the parking garage height, I think is not high enough for those injuries. It had to be from higher. So he couldn't have been thrown through just the parking garage. Right. Dude, what the fuck? Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. There they are. Chew on that, everyone. We'll be back with five more next week. (laughs) In two days, I mean. Yeah, and I'm I'm saving one case that's like my number one obsession of all time for next time. So I'm very excited. I did my two favorites this week. Did I talk Uh, too fast about the shoes? I was trying to like get through it all. No, we got through a lot of lot of shoes. There were a lot of shoes. Okay, I just I wanted to make sure you got to say whatever you felt like you wanted to say about that case because it was such a weird one. Um. But I immediately like jumped the shark and was like, it's not a serial killer. Cause it's not. But you know. Anyway. All right. I mean, so who could know? I mean, maybe it is. Maybe five of them. You know, it's like the Victor Gant thing, killing his girlfriend and making it look like the serial killer that was already working. Could be the same thing. Who knows? Yeah. All right. So we'll be back in a couple days with more of these fucking weird ass frustrating crimes, deaths, murders potentially. And uh, yeah, if you guys would like to join us on Patreon, you can do that. It's just patreon.com backslash twisted listers. Our TikTok has been uh, stagnant for a while because we've both been super fucking busy, but we'll do more soon. That's just at twisted listers. If you'd like to join us on Instagram, you can do that at twisted listers PCAST. If you would like to join us or not join us, if you'd like to send us an email, you can do that at twisted listers pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to join us on Gmail, let us know. We'll send you an invite. Um, but I think pretty much everybody has a Gmail at this point. It's making, yeah. fun, of, making fun of my faux pas there. Uh, <laughs> some hilarious mom jokes. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Thanks for listening. And until a couple of days from now. Hey. Off our.
Last time when I said lists, I sounded like a fucking psycho crow. I had to like it down <laughs> when I was editing. So yeah, did you you remember it? See? Yeah. So this time it's nice and smooth. Lists. lists. Signing out. Stay off our list. Welcome to the Ugly Radio on the Podmoth Network, a lo-fi sci-fi audio theater anthology series made for late nights and strong drinks. Join us monthly as we broadcast a pirate signal across time and space. Featuring stories, songs, and frequencies from a rotating list of voice actors, writers, storytellers, and musicians. If you're looking for high-quality science fiction, skin-crawling horror, and other genre fiction, listen to The Ugly Radio on the Podmoth Network, now available wherever you get your podcasts. The Ugly Radio. See you in the void. <laughs>